0: Hello and welcome to Geek and Spiels Podcast. We're here to talk about Gen Con and some other things as well. Uh, I'm Jacob.
1: I'm Jeff. I'm Emily. And I'm Sean.
0: And we are here in lovely Indianapolis right now. We're here for Gen Con. We've been wandering around. Our feet are super tired. It's been a lot of fun. Jeff, what's your favorite thing about being at Gen Con right now? Yeah, we. I'm lying. We're not actually there. It's, it's kind of a shame. We are all in our own homes, we could not get to Gen Con, but that does not mean that we have not been following all the new announcements and you know releases and other things like that. So we wanted to talk on some of the stuff here, give our thoughts about what we're looking forward to, and uh, games that we're really excited about. So, Jeff, you had a, a nice list of things. Where did you want to start today? Uh,
2: let's see, sorry, I'm pulling on my list right now. Yeah,
0: cool. This is a good time to say that um, that Geekenspiel is brought to you by coffee and beer. Uh, coffee and beer.
3: Coffee and beer. It's what keeps coffee us going. And beer.
2: <laughs> okay, so one game that I'd like to start off with is one that we actually did an interview for. Our first f- official interview. Uh, it's Approaching Dawn the Witching Hour. And this is a cooperative deck evolution game what it is is that you're all you're all a group playing uh trying to defeat demons and just get through missions because you're all basically newbie witches and you're just trying to survive what's interesting about this one is that the stuff that you do can actually end up hurting your partners even though you don't mean to So, it's a little bit of... It's like love. ...a push your luck, too.
0: Sorry, go on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, it's a... kind of a push your luck on... like, you can't really discuss what everyone is playing, but also, you want to make sure that you're actually a little helpful with the team. So, either way, you can do some healing, you can do some damage, and... Really, it looks really interesting.
0: Yeah, we played, we didn't get to play this, but we did get to look at it and preview it with the creator, Ken Shannon. And in our video that we put up, we did not give full credit to everyone. On our YouTube video, though, the artist, Janelle Santino uh, and art director, Hal Greenberg, um, let us know that, that they were the ones involved with it. So thank you guys very much for that, because the art is fantastic in this game. It is. Oh, it's great. It's a really it. pretty solid looking, uh, the art design's really fantastic and the character designs are really unique and cool. And it's, it's, it's kind of like that Buffy, the vampire slayer kind of aesthetic where it's, uh, where, where the danger is real, but you're, you feel comfortable because you've got a strong group of, I don't know, I'm just rambling about this now. Uh, (laughs) the coolest aspect of this I thought was the deck evolution part where you put the cards that you buy on top of your deck, and I thought that was a really unique thing. Um, now, you mm-hmm. said that uh, you're our man on the ground, Jared, and by that I mean he's been in touch with you a couple times while at Gen Con, he said they just sold out.
2: It was actually a different game, but I've seen posts online saying that they, were, they had very few copies and that they were pretty much going to sell out on... Friday or Saturday.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, go right. Ken! Yeah,
2: go Ken! And I totally forgot to mention, this is uh, published by WizKids.
0: Who also did uh, Burke's Gambit, which is another favorite of ours.
2: Can I just say that I absolutely love how WizKids is coming out with heavier weight games now? What did they
0: start off with?
2: I know that they did, like, Dice Masters. I think they did, uh d d Attack Wing, too?
0: Yeah, they, they did the d d Attack Wing.
2: But basically, they've been known for much lighter fare. But now it seems like they're getting into heavier stock,
0: I should say. I'm going to go down the line here. Uh, Emily, what, what are you interested in?
3: Um, so I'm interested in a couple things. Um, definitely the two that really stand out are Game of Thrones, Catan, Brotherhood of the Watch from Fantasy Flight. And also Fallout from Fantasy Flight as well.
1: Now, with the Catan Game of Thrones, is so have you read up anything about it? Because I haven't heard anything about it besides the fact that it's just got a Game of Thrones theme. I don't know how it changes at all
3: um so I've seen a bunch of people post pictures of their excitement excitement for Game of Thrones Catan I think at Gen Con they had like a like human sized version of the game it looked like I saw from Neverboard Gaming on their Instagram they posted so that was neat but um as far as the game mechanics it looks like most of the mechanics are the same you have the same resources the same kind of style instead of deserts it's You know, you're in the north and it's all about becoming the commander of the Night's Watch. So, I mean, a couple of stylistic changes there. But there is a mechanic that I was a little confused about reading up on it. I guess you can buy guards that can help protect the wall. And um, you have to defend the realm against the wildling raiders. So, I'm not quite sure how that plays out in gameplay. But it looks like they did change it up a little bit for... Game of Thrones.
0: Is the board modular like in regular Catan where you can switch the tiles around?
3: So I think so. Um, When I saw the picture of the human-sized version of the game, it wasn't. But I think it was just because it was a human-sized version of the game. (laughs) Um, But I'm not sure if the actual tabletop version, what it looks like.
0: Now Fantasy Flight, I think they have the rights to Game of Thrones. They're not the ones who create, they're not the ones who own Catan right now. Isn't that Catan Studios, which used to be part of Mayfair?
3: Yes. Which I was looking at when I was looking at the Board Game Geek Gen Con 2017 preview, I saw under Catan Studio they didn't have Game of Thrones. And I was like, is that not a Gen Con? I I was pretty sure it was a Gen Con release. And then when I saw in Fantasy Flight, it was there. So I'm not sure what's going on with that.
2: It may be a partnership right there.
0: There's always a lot of interconnection. Uh, Wizards of the Coast giving their properties over, or, for example, Dice Masters has, what, DC, Marvel, Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, and... and TMNT. Oh, yeah, and and, and that's a... Is that a WizKids game? A lot of interconnections. So I guess it's not surprising to see that. I was just kind of... I thought that was interesting that it was fantasy flight games.
3: Well, and I think it's interesting that, I mean, at least on Board Game Geek, they don't even have katan studio as like a second publisher or i mean they don't have them listed at all which i think is interesting
0: oh interesting um and you said what was the second one you mentioned fallout yeah so do you want to do you want to talk about fallout i remember sending that to you guys because i know that you're big fallout fans uh what what's your take on that are you are you excited about this
3: i'm really excited fallout was one of my first really heavy open world games that I got into. And so there's a little bit of nostalgia there with that. Um, it looks really neat. It looks like it's a co-op game based on the traditional Fallout themes. Um, so I'm excited to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, and I kind of am with the same way. I got really into Fallout 3. Um, I didn't play Fallout 4 as much. Uh, Emily played that a lot more than me. Um, but it seems like they're bringing over a lot of, like, you know, their main ideas they have from the video games, like the special system where each thing is worth uh, a different type of, like, luck or anything like that. And so it seems really cool, and they bring over a lot of just the nice-looking pieces. They have Dogmeat as a card, who is the dog in Fallout 4. They have the Nuka-Cola as your caps. Um, which is your currency system? So it looks really interesting.
2: They actually have a uh, preview video up on Board Game Replay of them going through it a little bit. It looks like it incorporates the uh, like a similar system to the Dead of Winter, the Crossroads cards.
1: Okay, kinda. That's a neat idea. Yeah, I always love the crossroads cards and bed of winter. It's like one of the best parts of it. I feel like.
0: Have they announced another game in the crossroads series yet? I thought they—I thought I heard something about that.
2: Uh, they did a standalone expansion called uh, Warring Colonies. I think that. I think it actually came out at Gen Con
0: too. Yeah, that's what I heard too, but it's not its own game. Yeah. Fine.
3: <laughs> um. Now, have you guys seen the season two for Pandemic Legacy?
0: i have heard things about it i saw some images like non-spoilery images Uh, i've been kind of keeping my head low on it because we're still getting through the first season
3: well i saw that you don't have to play the first season for season two so that made me think that i could read it and it would be okay (laughs) oh no it um (laughs) it was it was so but you saw pictures did you see how small the board is
0: it looked like a very small board yeah
3: that's, that should be interesting. I did read that instead of disease cubes, you are now giving supply cubes because this takes place 71 years after the season one ends. And so you've grown up in this new world where there's like nothing there and you're trying to get supplies to these small cities on the mainland, which you've never, you never experienced. So
0: does that not mean that the first season is going to end in a total apocalypse? Like, didn't
3: we know that was going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. I mean,
0: which is making this more depressing if that's the actual case, you know, it's just like, wow, you are just spending lots of games and seasons and months just watching the world dwindle down (laughs) to a bitter, to a bitter nightmare. (laughs) Good. Thumbs up. That's what I think of when I think of pandemic. Actually. Yeah. That is called (laughs) pandemic. What was I thinking? It's not called happy
1: rainbow time. Uh, (laughs)
3: <laughs> Jacob thought we were gonna save the world. <clears throat> Everything was gonna be okay.
1: Save the world by losing the first game each month. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have those two cards added to the deck. <laughs> yes. Lose.
0: That has been our, our our pattern, though, right? Lose the first first game of the month. Move to the second one. Win yeah, by the skin I think of our we teeth. Won.
1: I think we won January and February, and then since then, we've had a a rough time that first month each time out. But granted, there's normally several real-world months between games we play, so it's almost like, oh yeah, let's relearn how exactly we were successful the last time.
0: Uh, I would like to add to one of the very first big announcements that came out of Gen Con, and that is the, uh, the creation of Jews in Space! No, I'm sorry. Clank in <laughs> space and
3: in space in, in, space, space,
0: in space. space in space. This is a this is not an expansion like the Sunken Treasures expansion. This is a full brand new game of Clank, and instead of being a fantasy world where you're trying to steal from a dragon, it is a sci-fi space world where you are trying to steal from a evil overlord. Now, the the cool things that I saw they were some additions. They the board is now also modular, so now it's not just two sides, it's several pieces that can be switched in and out to make a new board new experience each time. Also, the cards now have factions associated with them, and I'm not entirely sure what the factions are, uh, but there was a lot of interesting discussion when this game was first announced. This caused a lot of buzz. It was kind of hyped as a secret game that some people wanted to talk about. I think Dice Tower knew about it, uh, Rado from Rado Runs Through knew about it. And they announced it online when Gen Con was about to start, and it was it was greeted with a kind of mixed reviews. A lot of people were like, "Oh, this is awesome," and then a lot of people were like, "It's not that different." We and uh, so I wanted to get your guys' take on it. I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of of the camp here where I like the idea that the board keeps changing. Uh, that these new factions, uh, how that's going to affect gameplay, seems really interesting too. But I really am into more of a fantasy setting than a sci-fi setting. I mean, I'll I'll play a sci-fi setting, but I've already got the first game. Is this something I'm going to want to... Is this something I need?
1: Yeah, I I was kind of thinking the same thing the more you talked about it, because I I had heard of it uh, from you briefly, but I hadn't really looked into it too much until this morning. Um, And I'm I'm kind of falling the same camp where I prefer the fantasy setting over the sci-fi setting. And and just even looking at, at the pictures of the board... And uh, everything, like, it, I don't know, the, the sci-fi setting doesn't seem to jump out to me as much. Some of the cards look fun, um, but I think I'd still prefer the fantasy setting, and that's just my own personal what I like and don't like.
3: I think that if you had a game group, I would still recommend, like, one person having the fantasy one, one person having the sci-fi one. I think it'll be a great addition to your collection, because... Think about how when we started playing the different boards and how much the game changed. I mean, these are essentially different boards that we can keep playing. So I think it just adds to the replay value of Clank as a whole.
2: I'm actually really looking forward to this one because I adore the parodies in the cards. Because seriously, the movement, the big movement card that you can buy as normal is Boldly Go. So. I'm not that much of a Star Trek nerd, but I am a Star Wars, I'm alien, I am just a huge sci-fi nerd, so it really does look like something right up my alley. I'm not going to get rid of Clank or anything like that, but I'd be willing to get both of them and just have, okay, do you want to play fantasy or do you want to play sci-fi? I kind of like having that choice there.
3: I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, then I'll, I'm, I will reserve judgment until it's released. Then, what else? What else has some uh, interested you?
2: Okay, so there is a little card game called Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Card Game.
0: Yes.
2: Which, which is a deck-building game based off of the popular comic and comic book series and movie. This is a deck-building game where You each get a special role, like you have Nice Chow, you have Scott Pilgrim, you have all different characters from the series and movie that you can play as. I saw the artwork of it, and it's... it is the comic book, so it looks amazing. And also, the fun thing is with this is that you get to choose whether you tackle this as an adult with empathy. And uh, judgment or given to your more uh, childish sides by giving into gratuitous video game violence using their words and this is uh, being released by Rockstar Games Uh, wow seriously not Rockstar Renegade Game Studios I apologize
3: and so you can choose because the cards are double-sided correct
2: yes they are double-sided
3: so that's a neat mechanic yeah. I also like that each role has their own unique starting hand. I feel like so many times in deck builders everyone has the same starting hand. So having different starting hands might make it a little more interesting.
0: I am a huge Scott Pilgrim fan. I love the movie. I love the comics. I even have the, the arcade style beat 'em up on on my home console system. So I, I was looking into this one. I'm I'm excited about this one too. I I'd be willing to check this one out, definitely.
3: So, uh, Civilization Sid Meier's Civilization is coming out again from Fantasy Flight. I'm starting to think that I'm just a Fantasy Flight fan now <laughs> because every game is from Fantasy Flight.
0: They have—they're great. They have great properties. They have great games. They have quality components. Great. I love their—I love their card sleeves. They're the ones I use for on most of when I'm sleeving games up if they fit. My only problem with Fantasy Flight games are there rule books Ugh. because I find them to be so aggravating. People love talking about the rule books and saying, hey, uh, this is great. You have a quick playbook and then a special rules book, but they're they're just not as ideally written out as they could be. And they kind of make things more complex than they should at certain times. But other than that, Fantasy Flight's is definitely one of my, if not my favorite game company in terms of just quality and great games.
3: Um, But it looks like a neat rendition of the computer game i'm not sure i thought i saw somewhere that they actually have another board game um maybe i just made that up but civilization a new dawn was a gen con release the board looks very modular kind of reminds me a little bit of Catan. some of the cards and symbols definitely remind me of the computer game so i'm excited to have the board game version of that I'm liking I'm liking all my favorite like video games and computer games coming out to board games. It's like
0: perfect <laughs> merge of my two loves. Uh, what are the aren't there civilization building games that are like the top games of all time on, on Board Game Geek? This is a this is, a, is this Sid Meier's Civilization. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. The, the number two game on Board Game Geek is Through the Ages: A New Story of Civilization. Oh, number eighteen is Through the Ages: Story of Civilization. Must be a different. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a different uh thing. It's not Yeah, it's not uh associated with uh Sid C- Meyers. Uh Sean, are yeah. there any games that you'd like to uh talk about?
1: Yeah, Cuz we so... totally
2: haven't been forgetting about you or anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I was going through uh board games like massive list of uh Board Game Geek's massive list of the Gencom preview which had like 500 games. Um, and I made it through a good bit of that. And so I guess before I go into the the, like, to the two games that probably jump out at me the most, I'll, I'll talk about the expansions that don't really need necessarily to go into, just kind of we've all pretty much played these games before, so I'm just excited to get a little bit more into them. Um, so Jamaica is coming out with the Crew expansion. King of Tokyo has got Halloween. Uh, Cities of Splendor. Pandemic Legacy Season Two is not really an expansion, but just I imagine it'll be you know in a similar vein of Pandemic Legacy, so I'm excited about that. Um, Epic Spell Wars Three, yes. yes, Return
3: um, of Krastar,
1: which yes, who could forget Krastar?
0: I do. I forget every day. I try very hard. <laughs>
1: um, oh man, so I, I just love those so so very much. Um, and then Sheriff of Nottingham has the Merryman expansion. And then Bang, huh. Armed and Dangerous, also sounds super fun because I love all those games.
0: Oh, that sounds exciting.
1: Bang, bang. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, obviously, you know, you... Uh, Jacob pretty much introduced me to all of those, but they Aww. are still like super high on my list. But I guess like so the one of the games that I saw that I'm I'm really excited about um, is Rising Sun um, by Command Games. It looks like, um, so it's by Eric Lang who made Blood Rage, which I never actually got to try. But Jacob, you had recommended that to me a couple times actually, and I just ended up never purchasing it and trying it out. Um, But this uh, is supposed to be, you know, a little bit similar. It says it's a spiritual successor to Blood Rage. Yeah, it's got like a Japanese theme to it, and it looks really exciting. Um, It says Diplomacy is also, like, it's a distant ancestor, uh, so more than where Blood Rage was supposed to be, like, a Risk-style game. This is uh, dealing with Diplomacy. Um, It has, like, a really cool thing that I saw where it's got a honor tracker, so you can do different things in the game, like uh, commit... uh, so, seppuku i don't know how to yep. say that because i don't speak seppuku. japanese um but so like uh suicide uh, like a honorable suicide or capture hostages and so it goes up and down and i like the idea of having like an honor tracker as you're going through the game and you know making your decisions and everything like that i think that's really cool and then the miniatures look really really awesome for the game as well
2: yeah i ended up backing this on kickstarter and uh, looks so pretty
1: it
0: did really well. It oh, did yeah, really it was... well on Kickstarter. Eric Lang is a, a name that's like instant backing most of the time. You know it's going to be good quality. He's done a lot of really fantastic games. Uh, and A lot of the miniature-based ones are really good, like Blood Rage. He did um, the Bloodborne, the card game. What else, Jeff? I know he's he's done a yeah. bunch of other
2: stuff. Uh, he's done Blood Rage. Uh, uh, he did Dice Masters, actually.
0: Okay, the Dice Masters game, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, let's see. I'm totally not looking this up right oh, now I'm on totally my not iPad up or anything.
0: That would, be, that would be silly. Why would we do that?
2: Oh, yeah, because we're totally professional. Yeah. He did Arcadia Quest. Uh, let's see. The Others, which I have, which yes. I like a lot. Uh,
0: and a oh. whole bunch of other games. Oh, how, we, how we've not talked about this yet. He is behind the new miniatures game, or, or is it a miniatures? Yes, amazing miniatures-based game, A Song of Ice and Fire, based on Game of Thrones. It is currently live on Kickstarter. Um, nope, it says the late pledge. I guess it ended, like, but I think you can still put pledges in. It was just 150 yeah. bucks for this, this tabletop game based on A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, with, with really nice looking miniatures
2: yeah Simon definitely needs uh, definitely knows how to do their miniatures
0: it's a shame we don't have any Game of Thrones fans here
1: yeah that would be <laughs> crazy yeah. if we had any Game of Thrones fans
0: they all die at the end uh, the, the,
1: don't ruin it for us
0: the, uh, <laughs> the miniature for the mountain that rides is enormous it is definitely a giant man on a giant horse <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, it is big it is very big
1: Oh. oh, Lord, yeah. I'm just looking at it now. That is massive.
0: I found out about a game today, and <laughs> this is... I don't, know how, I don't know how to to talk about my interest in this game. My interest in this game is not so much for me, but it may be for someone very important in my life, Anita.
3: No. And that is yeah. because
0: uh, they announced that they, the next legendary set coming out is X-Files.
3: Oh, oh my goodness! Do, 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 do. I can see you
0: bum, too. Bum, bum, bum. We love Legendary, and she likes Legendary a lot. Although we've just played it so much, it is it is my most played game, according to Board Game Geek. I've just uh, I've I've played the Marvel one a million times, and I've never played any of the non Marvel ones. I never played the Alien Encounters or Predator or Big Trouble in Little China, Serenity or Firefly. What else is there, Jeff? Is am I naming them all? <laughs>
2: Uh, there's one that just came out at Gen Con, Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Yeah. So now they're doing X-Files and Anita is a huge X-Files fan. So if I told her about, if I didn't tell her about this and she found out about it and, and that I didn't tell her, I would be in a lot of trouble. So we can't <laughs> have that. So even though it's a game that I've played a million times in terms of the mechanics of, of Legendary. I'm excited to see that because there are, I think, currently one or two X-Files games out right now. There, There is one. It's very simplistic. It's, it's, it's not completely overly thematic. It, it has a lot of the themes and references, but it's not a very engrossing game. So I think this will be a, a much better step in that direction. Um, I can't wait to see what the art they use is because they always have somebody do original artwork. So that will be fun to see.
2: Okay, so... Uh, If you can tell, I am a Renegade Game Studios fan so far, and this game officially came out during Dice Tower Con, but it was a limited release. It's called Flip Ships. Watch your mouth! (laughs) 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 It's it's a dexterity game where it basically takes Space Invaders and puts it on your board. You're all working... Uh, cooperatively to try and destroy the aliens and if you can tell from the name it has you flipping your ships towards the enemies to damage them and it just looks like a ton of fun really simple rules and as you go on you can actually end up getting better ships better powers and whatnot it looks really interesting
0: why is why are the aliens always the bad guys in games?
3: They're misunderstood.
0: <laughs> they are. They are. Maybe what if what if angrily and and violently consuming you is their way of saying hello?
2: Yes, exactly. We are all xenophobes anyway. Uh, let's see. There's one from AG coming out called Custom Heroes, which I am looking forward to because it uses the uh same system as Mystic Veil. It's a trick cape, trick-taking trick game. Then there is Unearth by Brotherwise Games. Unearth is, looks
3: beautiful. Oh, what is that? It
2: does! It's a worker placement slash uh, dice management game set collection. And it's the beautiful artwork, uh, kind of like uh, the Sim City look to it. Like, how you can kind of see, like, the profile of the buildings and whatnot, and they look kind of 3D, but not 3D-ish.
3: It reminds me, there was a phone, an app game.
1: Monument Valley. That's what it was. Um, that both Emily and I played and sorry to kind of jump in on you Emily I was just thinking of the the game title I was trying to think of it as well um, where yeah it's it's that 3D superimposed on like 2D and the buildings are just really unique and the landscape makes it really really beautiful
2: and I actually happened to get a copy from my game store because they happened to have it when I (laughs) went in to help uh, one of my friends move
0: so you have a copy have Yes, I do. Oh, nice. Have you played yeah, it? You, you have not played it or you have played it?
2: Not yet, not yet. Okay. I'm going to be learning the rules for it. And last game on my list is Mountains of Madness from Yellow. It's a cooperative party-style game-ish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't look like a party-style <laughs> game. Is that what it is?
2: It's what it is, is that It's a cooperative game but you have to play cards to try and beat certain objectives and you're trying to go up the mountain and then escape the mountain but as you're going you're getting insanity cards which make you do weird things like making sure that your hand is on top of your head or that you have to keep on asking a question until someone answers you and then you can speak or like you have to be in the furthest corner away from the room, and work from there. It just sounds hilarious, and I want to pick this up. You
0: Just sold me on this game. I was I was considering <laughs> it because it's it, it's it's like a Cthulhu Lovecraft kind of thing, right? Because it's named after the book or the the short story at the Mountains of Madness, where like I thought there was supposed to be a Lovecraft thing to it. Plus, the insanity makes me wonder if that's the case, but even if it's not, that sounds really entertaining, and I kind of want to check that out.
2: Oh yeah, no, this is definitely based on the Lovecraft work, and just, uh, Dice Tower did a playthrough of it, so if you want to check that yes, out. Yes,
0: I'll take a, I'll take a look at that. And for anyone out there interested, uh, At the Mountains of Madness is one of, uh, Lovecraft's more famous short stories, or, or I guess actually novellas, it's, it's not very short, It is Boring. It is super, super boring. Uh, It was. Read a summary and then hope that someday Peter Jackson gets to create his, no, not Peter Jackson, uh, that Guillermo del Toro gets to create his film version that he's always wanted to do because it's so boring.
2: (laughs) Uh, It was was really hard to get through. I fell asleep
0: like eight times. It's (laughs) It's been pages describing architecture, and it's like, stop. <clears throat> stop it
1: get to the monsters <laughs> get to the crazy they're really really important buildings Jacob.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah they are god it's important
0: Em any you want to end on before we uh, uh, move on
3: um, it looks like Sagrada, Sagrada made another appearance at Gen Con we saw this at Dice Tower and it looked very beautiful and it has a lot of really pretty colorful dice mmm <laughs> <laughs> Dice. And it looks like it's getting some good reception at GemCon too, so that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna try the game out. Same here. Uh, and uh, Sean?
1: Um, yeah. So I guess the one that I'll end on, I was debating between two. Um, since you can talk I, about both of them. Oh yeah. I'll do them briefly. Uh, the so kind of following in the vein of Emily's uh, liking of video games, coming board games. Uh, this War of Mine is coming out with a board game and so this is kind of, uh, it's space it's your characters are in like a war-torn city, so it's almost like apocalyptic. It looks similar to The Division, if you've ever played that game or anything like that, um, but it's like a two-phase game, so during the day you're trying to gather um, different things that'll help you survive, uh, different tools and everything like that, and then at night you're trying to guard your shelter with the possessions that you acquired throughout the day from like different bandits and raiders and stuff um and so it seems similar to some other games and everything uh you know a little bit almost looks like dead of winter just slightly but it looks different enough um and it looks really interesting i really like the idea of this war of mine so I'm, I'm interested to see how it comes into a board game setting have you played the video game uh, I downloaded it and I played only the first couple of minutes. I don't even remember why. It probably was just like a dozen other things on my playlist at the time. And this one kind of fall, fell by the wayside. But when I saw the the board game title, I instantly recognized it and was like, oh yeah, I meant to get into that. And it's, some of that kind of jumped out to me.
2: Yeah, this one looks really good, but it looks really, really, um, depressing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that black and white art style kind of with the, you know, just similar apocalyptic themes kind of does just look really depressing.
0: Yeah. This one was reviewed recently by the guys at the Dice Tower. They thought it was, I think they said it was a a good game, but they said they were super depressed playing it. (laughs) Yeah. But but again, I'm I'm down because I'm always looking for these interesting things. And I guess... I guess now that I look at it, I play so many games that are already apocalyptic and depressing and didn't realize it, like Pandemic. I mean, it fools you because I guess they're not just cubes. They're they're not just
1: cubes.
2: <laughs> yeah, things like that, they're more abstract, so you don't see, you don't feel the horror of it.
0: <laughs> Pandemic Legacy should have had like, like visceral descriptions of things happening as, as you were doing
1: stuff. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh Our cities are already taken by the fallen jacob we can't take much more
0: (laughs) what was the second one
1: um so this is apparently also based off but this one's based off of a cell phone game uh i had never heard of it but it just looks super cute and like a quick little card game um it's called robots love ice cream the card game what um So yeah, it's, it's got like super adorable, like, uh, you know, like animation, not animation, but, uh, drawings and everything. Um, And it just looks really cute. It's supposed to be a cooperative game and the whole mechanic behind it is that uh, you used weaponized ice cream to fight off enemy robots. Um, So that in in and of itself sounds fantastic and it just, with how adorable it looks and it looks like a short game. So, oh, that'd be something really interesting to probably pick up on the cheap and introduce it just in between some serious games when we play them.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice.
3: It says when the robots are destroyed, they drop Sprinkle-tonium.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, They got Jimmy's. Oh, and I do like the last line of the description, which is, saving the galaxy is pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
0: -mm. Uh, Okay, yeah, this needs to happen. This game
1: needs to happen. Yeah.
0: Yes. I did want to ask, you have this listed down here in some notes. I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, Sword Art Online board game, Sword of Fellows. Uh, Isn't that an anime?
1: Yeah, so this, I, I don't watch a whole lot of anime, but I, when I do find one that I like, I generally like fall in love with it and become obsessed, whether that's just a straightforward anime, or uh, I like the Persona game series a lot, and the Dagenrompa game series a lot, and they're both anime-based and have anime spin-offs based on them, and they're fantastic. But Sword Art Online uh is like the first anime i I watched when i moved down here to augusta and fell in love with it and and begged and begged and begged and begged emily to watch it and then she finally watched it and she fell in love with it um and so to be honest i don't know anything about it other than it's cooperative uh and it's got like some dice mechanics but i saw it on kickstarter originally i think and then when I saw it on this list, I was like, oh, well, it's Sword out Online. I'm going to have to give it a try. Yeah, I
2: think Japanime Games uh, is publishing this one. Mm-hmm.
1: Jeff, you, you've had a passing
0: interest in anime. I know you've like watched one or two of them before.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, I've watched... um It'll probably take me 20 minutes to go through the list.
0: What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to record yourself saying, like, every one you've ever watched and every ma- manga you've read, and then I'm just going to fast-forward it so it just zips through really quickly as it happens. So, get on. I <laughs> yeah, just one or two, just... <laughs> yes. uh, there's, there's one game I want to touch on, and again, I've been very lax on doing the research on this, and I guess it's because I'm waiting for it to get closer to release, and that is... Jamie Stegmeier's next game from Stonemeyer Games, Charterstone.
2: Yes, this sounds awesome.
0: Now, I've, here's the thing: I've never played any of his other games except for Scythe, but I've been wanting to pick up Viticulture. Viticulture is a game about creating a, a vineyard or winery in, you know, the in Italy, and uh, and I and I like that. I think that theme sounds really cool and neat, and I want to check that out. And I and it's a game that's very also very highly rated. So he's he's very good at you know kind of latching onto these ideas and creating something cool out of it. And Charterstone, I think, is a completely different direction than than Scythe or Viticulture. Mm-hmm. From the little I've picked up on it, and I've seen some of the art. The board looks a little blank at first, and I think it gets filled in. I
3: oh, pumpkin is a resource. What there's little pumpkin pieces.
0: Insta buy. Insta-buy. Bye. I don't know if you know about me and pumpkin. Maybe
1: your mom will send it. I know. <laughs> I know she loves pumpkin and sending you pumpkin things.
0: So every every fall or so, my mother decides to just buy a bunch of pumpkin-flavored stuff and send it to me. And last year it was like a pumpkin pancake mix that burst open in there. And I think there was maybe like some kind of pumpkin cookies and other nonsense. And I've been meaning to ask her, you know, don't, don't send me any more pumpkin stuff because it's all – fattening and everything and i'm i gotta watch my my svelte figure and uh and i guess she got to it beforehand because she sent it to me here in mid-august way before fall is even happening so now i've i have to uh bitterly eat this delicious pumpkin stuff
1: (laughs) oh no i can't imagine anything worse (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) it's so tasty
0: you poor poor baby (laughs) uh
1: so what
0: can anyone tell me what's going on with this charterstone game
3: so, it looks like it is a legacy game, but unlike some other legacy games, it looks like it doesn't end after you finish finish your last game, the 12th game. It keeps
0: going on. That's interesting. I'm going to keep my eyes on this one.
3: And it looks, you know, Scythe is very, not dark, but more serious. These pieces and this board, it looks a little bit more carefree, but still competitive, it looks like, but. It's a little cartoony.
0: So it's not a it's not a co-op.
3: No, it's a, a competitive legacy game, with worker placement.
0: All right, guys, you also you have you had a, a whole bunch of other stuff down too, and this other things before we uh, move on to a final topic in our last couple minutes. Is there any other games you guys wanted to mention? I don't know if you want to talk about Rick and Morty close recounters counters of the Rick <laughs> <laughs> They're like oversaturating the market with with Rick yeah, and Morty. Are. There's a lot of Rick oh, and Morty.
1: Certainly. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they already have like that, that small card game. This one looks to be a bigger one. Um I mean it's a fantastic franchise. I I love it. It's so funny. Dan Harmon's a genius, but it, it, it does seem like it's getting really saturated really quickly.
0: I'll check it out. I, I need to watch the show. I, I I've been told it's it's fantastic, so and I and I like Dan I Harmon too. So
2: Yeah, same here. I have to try it out.
0: Alright, so to show that we're not all about board games, we are about uh other games too. I wanted Sean to talk about something that has been occupying a lot of his uh, fun time, and or free time, or whatever time, because it sounds really interesting. So, Sean, I will pass the microphone over to you.
1: Okay, yeah. So, uh, I've been playing a lot of a new game that's in Steam's early access. I think it came out probably in, like, March um, in early access. So, it's still technically not the final game, but it's Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Which is a uh, it's a game where it's almost like the idea of Hunger Games or a battle royale, where you are all dropping into this one big island, and there's it's a hundred person game, and it's every man for themselves. Uh, you drop in with no equipment, you scour and try and get weapons and health items, and eliminate the other players. The area gradually gets smaller and smaller to make sure everyone's uh, you know getting in closer to kind of increase the action. And uh, it's a it's a super fun game. It's super, super tough, because I realize how bad I am at shooters on the computer now, <laughs> um, but you can play it by yourself. You can go in pairs. So everyone you play against is in a pair. So there'd be about 50 teams of two, or you can go in squads and play in a group of three or four. And it's just a lot of fun. I've been playing with some of my friends who I went to college with, and uh, Emily's played a bunch now too. And I finally won my first solo game the other day, which was really exciting and hilarious because one of the guys who I play with is about 10 times better than me, and he hasn't won one yet, and I won one, and he was just livid to hear that. Um, but it's super fun. It's not the first type of game like this, H1Z1 or King of the Kill. Um, they're all similar in like this battle royale, but this one seems to have just kind of hit the nail on the head and is doing it right. And big game companies now are all like trying to figure out how they're going to implement this. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this as like a DLC in, in any of Ubisoft's games, particularly like The Division or anything like that. But it's it's so much fun. It's one of those games that even when you stink and you die really early, it's fun to watch your teammates keep going because you can spectate them. And so that's really fun. You're It gets to the point where once you get the controls down, you don't feel like you're You're dying of, like, why did I die each time? You feel like you know why you died, and you're like, okay, next time I'll do this. And then you die a different way the next time. You're just continually learning, not necessarily getting a whole lot better, but I've probably dropped about 30 hours or so into this in about the last week and a half, um, which, you know, this was my week off, so I've had plenty of time to do that. But it's been a blast, and Emily's been playing it too, and so I'm sure she probably has some opinions on it.
3: Yeah, so I am also not super great at shooters, but I still love playing them because they're fast-paced and they're, you know, quick little games instead of getting into hours and hours of a story-based RPG or what have you. So, um, I've really enjoyed playing. I do a different strategy. A lot of Sean and his friends like to just go all in and fight everyone, but I like to hide out. I like to kind of run into empty buildings and try to hide until I absolutely have to. And it usually is pretty successful for me, although I'm sure some people would criticize that style of gameplay.
1: <laughs> what company makes this game? So, it's so the whole thing is it's called Player Unknown's Battleground, so it's called PUBG by a lot of people, but uh Player Unknown is the He's like the developer by himself, and he's an Irish guy, and I, I think what happened was he had this idea, and then he ended up hiring, I believe it's him and his team works in South Korea that helps develop this game, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, it's really kind of like, a, it's a small you know studio just doing it out of their own house, pretty much. <laughs> Obviously, now it's, it's so big it's not in a house, but it's a, it's a small game that got built up really quickly.
0: You got me thinking here because you said you wouldn't be surprised if some other big companies started copying this kind of concept, like Ubisoft and stuff. Now, I'm wondering because these small games, these indie games, Steam games have over the past, what, 10 years or so just blown up yeah. uh, and, and become a huge force in PC gaming and gaming culture in general. Do you know anything at all about whether or not there's been a move away from the traditional games like in a way that actually affects them where cuz cuz right now you look at the AAA games and it's nothing but disappointments or microtransactions you know we were talking about the Shadows of of Mordor sequel and how disappointing it was to find yeah. out that there's microtransactions in the game for whatever reason even though it's a single player and 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 that kind of that really tampers my excitement for these games. Like I don't want to spend more on the game than I already have.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's interesting because uh, particularly in the shooter space, it, it takes a lot for something to take away from kind of you know the big the big games like Call of Duty or Destiny or Battlefield. And this wasn't released uh, last fall, but I think last fall might have been the first time Call of Duty saw uh, a new game sell fewer copies initially than its predecessor normally they keep building call of duty is like the best selling game every year pretty much um and so it, it was interesting to see that kind of happen i don't know necessarily that the steam games are, are taking away from that yet it'll be interesting player unknowns battlegrounds uh it was announced that it would come to console at xbox's e3 conference this year So, they may be trying to get that out by this fall. I I feel like it'll probably happen more in the spring of 2018. So, it'll be interesting to see if it takes away from that console space because I feel like that's where, you know, predominantly games are sold a lot of times. That's what gets kind of the, you know, the newspaper titles with Grand Theft Auto and stuff of that nature more than some of these smaller titles. But I, I do feel like they're kind of, they're certainly taking away from the streaming of some other big games. Um, PUBG is one of like the most streamed games on Twitch all the time, Uh, H1Z1 has a big following like that and and not necessarily a small game like of the same statue but uh, would be uh, Friday the 13th which came out uh, recently and is gonna have a physical release in October on Friday the 13th, that game, I feel like they're kind of taking away from the traditional streamed games which a lot of times are shooters. Or Minecraft and so it's interesting to see these kind of these multiplayer games that are multiplayer only have no real single player component to them kind of come into the scene and be so popular because for a while multiplayer only games were kind of looked down upon and why would I spend my money on a multiplayer only experience Titanfall had a big backlash with that when it first came out, they added a story component to the second one. Um, And just some other games like Evolve was a a, uh, asymmetric multiplayer only game that people kind of didn't really want to get behind. And, you know, Friday the 13th is an asymmetric one, but I think it's a little easier to grasp. And that's kind of why they've become so popular recently.
0: Oh, Friday the 13th is uh, we we need to have a whole episode just about that game. Thank you. Well, thank you for telling us about the game, and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or talk about, please contact us through Facebook or or Twitter or through email at geekinspiel at gmail dot com. That's uh, g e e k u n d s p i e l at gmail dot com. Uh, maybe I should have rethought an email for contact, but uh, <laughs> but that's what we have for now. So. So we'll just have to go with it. Thank you again for spending time with us. And uh, next time we'll, we'll hopefully finish our discussion on Dice Tower Con because we still have so much topics to talk about. And then we have other things coming up, too, to talk about Friday the 13th game, for example. Uh, the, the upcoming Extra Life uh, tabletop day and event that's going to be this fall. Uh, the new Magic Commander set that's coming out next weekend that I'm pretty excited about because uh, they have cats.
3: Does they have cats?
0: And cats. Yeah. And a quick, a quick thing about that: uh, cats, vampires, wizards, and dragons. It's oh like my. They, it's like they took things that uh, Jacob has liked from childhood to adulthood at different stages of his life. You know, his his goth phase, his fantasy phase, and his cat phase, and just kind of put them all into decks. So curse you, wizards of the coast, and your treachery, your money making treachery. So, yes, uh, send us any messages our way. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Again, I am Jacob. I'm Jeff. I'm Emily. And I'm Sean. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Catch you later.
2: Bleach, Naruto, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, Black Lagoon, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon Crystal, Cowboy Beepop, Blood, The Last Vampire, Blood Plus, Mushishi, When They Cry, Helsing, Helsing Ultimate, Drifters. Re-Zero starting life in a new world Re-Teacher on Izuka. Full Metal Alchemist Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Full Metal Panic Eureka Seven Samurai Seven Mobile Suit Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Mobile, Mobile Fighter G Gundam Digimon Adventures Digimon Adventures Try, Digimon Tamers, Black Butler Black Cat Dararara Another World uh, Another Assassination Classroom Grimgar Fantasy Nash Ace Attorney My Hero Damien Hunter Crosshunter One Piece Akira Trigun Intama